not to be first. I am hurt. What is that to me? But I'll die. You must not let that happen, Master. You promised me life eternal, like yours forever. I no longer need you, Andreas. Your usefulness is over. You must not say that, Master. Get away from me. Idiot. Get back to that corner. Remain there. Die. Guys, doesn't that give you the chills to hear that classic 2012, 2013? I think I might have even done it in 14, 15, and 16. I'm not really sure, but that classic Skeleton Crew Halloween shows intro. That music that you heard after that funny clip of Dracula telling the Wolfman to get into the corner and remain there to die because your usefulness is over. Uh, that music after that, I think I talked about it once, is the uh, Charlie Brown Halloween, pump, uh, Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown special. So, it was great to bring that back, and what's even better is, I am joined by Jamie Sammons, Dan Chase, and Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast and the Married with Children podcast. We are back to finish out, actually. Our classic Universal Monsters reviews. I said on the last show, all the reviews we've done. Frankenstein, Dracula, Bride of Frankenstein. Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Son of Frankenstein. Ghost of Frankenstein. We've done it all, guys. Invisible Man, you name it. Son of Dracula, it's there. We've done everything. Um, The last show we reviewed... The Black Cat, 1943, really great movie. Not part of the Universal Classic Monsters, but definitely a Universal Classic horror film, and a great one at that. So we just wanted to get that to get the you know dip our toes back into this great water. And uh, I'm glad we've done a lot of classic Universal movies this year as we wrap up the show because we really wanted to get to them. So we have two big ones coming up for you right now, guys. So. Without further ado, we are diving into House of Frankenstein, 1944, and right after that, we got The House of Dracula, 1945. Yeah. Motherfuckers better know. Hey, this is Artie Lang, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, dude. Thank you, man. Close doors. You ain't got to explain shit I've been robbing motherfuckers since the slave ship With the same clip and the same 4-5 Two-point black, a motherfucker short of die That's my word, nigga, even 
going to give that brain of yours a new home in the skull of the Frankenstein monster. The uh, juggler vein is severed. Not cut, but torn apart as though by powerful teeth. A werewolf. Last night I killed a man. I didn't know what you were doing. But I did. I wanted to kill. I think they're after Dracula. All right, guys, this is House of Frankenstein, 1944. Um, This movie is very unique because it's a Frankenstein movie with Boris Karloff. However, he is not Frankenstein. And there's a very unique scene at the very end, which is very uh, surreal to watch. Um, So we'll get to that. There's a lot of things that people often wonder about movies like this. So let's get all that out of the way before we talk about, you know, what took place on screen. So um, Bela Lugosi obviously is Dracula for the Universal movies. He's always or Dracula. Dracula. That's right. Dracula. (laughs) Yeah, he's always Dracula. Um, But this film was dependent upon the presence of Karloff uh, being released from the stage tour and shooting was delayed, and John Carradine was cast instead of Lugosi, uh, who had a prior engagement. You know, ironically, playing Karloff's Jonathan Brewster role in another touring company of Arsenic and Lace. But the so what the thing that's weird about it is that it's the first time we don't have Lugosi as Dracula, so we have another guy as Dracula. And I remember when I was a kid, I always used to try to make sense. I was like, well. Maybe he, he he looks older and he just grew a mustache, but I suppose that could be the same guy. But no, nothing about him is like Lugosi. Dude, so I thought that of... now. <laughs> I was like, is this the same guy? Wait, wait, wait what? You said, but this is not the first time someone else played Dracula in a universal film besides Lugosi. Because didn't Son of Dracula come out before this? Well, he was the son of Dracula. Uh... That was 43. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. I don't think, I th- I, we might have... Got into that, too. I don't think uh, Lon Chaney Jr. was supposed to be well, uh, Bell Lugosi's Dracula. The credit says Count Dracula. I know, but that's why I was that's still just the last name. I mean, what's Dracula's first name? Valid, valid point. So, now, it's what's supposed to—this is a, a monster rally movie is what they called these movies back then. Oh, they're going to race? <laughs> they originally—they were supposed to have Karis the Mummy in this movie also— but he was removed just be- just because of budget restrictions. And the original title of this movie, because Dan mentioned earlier that the house, like these movies are misleading titles. The original title was supposed to be The Devil's Brood. And it was given a $354,000 budget, which is pretty generous for those days. Uh, it was a 30-day shooting schedule. And here's how they broke it down. Because these these are all big stars in this movie. Lon Chaney Jr. is in this. You got John Carradine, Boris Karloff, Lionel Atwell, all these kinds of guys. So 
you could sort of see the importance of each person uh, by the money they got. So Boris Karloff got $20,000. Lon Chaney Jr. got $10,000. And that was his third appearance as the Wolfman. So that's sort of insulting, yeah. Uh, John Carradine and uh, J. Carroll Nash, that hunchback, they were both paid $7,000. And that's strange because I feel like Dracula was hardly in this. By the 27-minute mark, he was already out of the movie. But these are short movies, so you could argue, well, he was in the first half, sort of. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. And then that couple, you never see them again. They were there for that, and then, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, they're gone. Yeah. We have other, we're done with that story. We have other stories to tell. <laughs> yeah, and that's a complaint people have, that the, the three monsters were never together. Because Dracula never knows or hears of the Wolfman or Frankenstein monster. So they weren't even together. Uh, Lionel Atwell, he's the guy in that horrible movie, The Son of Frankenstein, with that rubber arm or whatever. Oh, that's that guy? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And he, they, he, they actually paid him, uh, $1,750, and I think he was overpaid. No, I'm just kidding. I don't care. (laughs) And, uh, uh, George Zucko was paid $1,500, I don't even know who that is, but Glenn Strange, who played Frankenstein's monster... You won't even believe it. Only got paid five hundred dollars. As he should have. He was in the fucking movie for thirty seconds. Yeah, and he just kind of laid there and made odd faces. Uh, uh, this whole fucking title thing's got me all fucked up because there's more Wolfman in this movie. Than but Dan, was there a house and was Frankenstein in that house? Technically speaking, then there you go. <laughs> well, here's the thing: the 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 title house of in this movie refers to the ruins owned by Ludwig Frankenstein, okay. the second son of Frankenstein, which was in the ghost of Frankenstein. Mm. You know, uh, it's also the same house where Larry Talbot discovers the monster in ice in Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. And of course, uh, where Neiman discovers the Wolfman and the monster in this film. So, uh, now here's the thing. That castle, uh, remember when they try to set up shop, Karloff and, and his hunchback? What have you got here? A chamber of horrors. The burgomaster won't grant you a permit, so pack up and be on your way. But why? There's nothing in my exhibit to offend anyone. We've had enough horrors around here. You see those ruins? Our village has been quiet and peaceful since the dam broke and swept the wolfman and the Frankenstein monster to their destruction several years ago. No one ever mentions that place. Nor does anyone ever go near it. That's why you can't exhibit here. We want nothing to remind us of something that we've been trying to forget. But we've come a long way and the horses are tired. It's very late. Could we at least rest here until tomorrow? No, you've got to move on. (laughs) And in the actual movie, Frankenstein meets Wolfman, that whole thing was, like, destroyed. But it's still sort of okay to some degree well they started rebuilding it and then decided yeah you know what i'm i'm just not feeling this it, it's too frankenstein-y for me yeah it was totally washed away at the end of frankenstein meets the wolfman and now it's semi-intact now wasn't that room exactly the same though as those other movies like the the main room that they use I know, but like by the glass panes and the, the wall. Oh, probably. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it seemed like that that room in particular was the one kept intact. Yeah, and uh, Glenn Strange was the fourth actor now to play Frankenstein's uh, monster. It was obviously uh, Karloff, then Lon Chaney Jr., Bela Lugosi, and now Glenn Strange. 
I, like I said, Boris Karloff is in this movie. And, you know, he's the original Frankenstein. And he actually coached, believe it or not, he coached Glenn Strange in in the way the monster should be played. Now, is that evident to you guys? Uh, I, You know, I would love to have an opinion on this, but I blinked and missed the entire scene. Exactly, dude. I thought it wasn't noticeable that he was bad or anything, but yeah, how much direction could you possibly give? He doesn't even make too many sounds in this. Like, a, uh, like we don't even get nothing from him. It's just, like you said. He didn't even wave his hands in front of the fire. Like, he had the perfect opportunity to act exactly as Karloff did when that guy held the flame in his face, and he didn't do that, like, push, like, that... Uh, right that movement or, you know, to get the flame away from me. Yeah. It's amazing. He was actually holding Karloff while letting Karloff down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Karloff could have been, no, you fucking retard. I told you to, he could have been whispering in his ear at that point. Yeah. That's the thing I was talking about. Like Frankenstein's monster was carrying Karloff. And that's really weird because Karloff is the one who played the monster first. One, another weird thing about like people trying uh, hard in this movie is that uh, J. Carol Nash or Nayish, where I don't know how you say it. He actually found a hunchback derelict in order to study his walk and gestures. The actor paid his expenses during this time. You know, he he wanted him on set or something, and he paid him to hang around just so he could walk like a like. Do you think any of us would have fucking cared how you really waddled around? No, and, and yeah, I, I don't think... have a whole lot of experience with hunchbacks, so I wouldn't have noticed. Now, no, Dan, you've got a lot of experience uh, humping backs. How, I, would would you have got someone if, when you're trying to portray humping back, you would have got someone to show you how to hump back while you were portraying humping back? Let me just uh, correct you too. I was humping. Are you trying to spell Mississippi. Back. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's that like. Uh, so with the hunchback, <laughs> that shit would never fly today, would it? Like when were when was uh, Freaks made? This is around that time, wasn't it? Oh yeah. oh yeah, Freaks was nineteen forty. What one? No. So, so say, okay, so around the same time, within a ten year uh, period or whatever. <laughs> I don't think shit like that would fly. Like if you roll up and and you know you got like a black midget by your side, maybe that'll fly on like Howard Stern. But I don't think Universal. <laughs> oh Studios Jesus, would... no! Freaks was nineteen thirty two because it was before uh, before the uh, restrictions were put in place. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know if you'd get away with <laughs> with shadowing a fucking hunchback or fucking learning yeah. from them nowadays. I mean, that shit, you know, everything. Yeah, you cool. can't learn from hunchbacks. That's illegal. That's exactly. <laughs> what do you want next? You're going to learn from women? Jeez. <laughs> okay, Al. Well, now, um, Le- Gunnar Hansen went to a school for the retards and he <laughs> Hey, Rick I got to act in a movie. I'm just kidding. Uh, he went to to a school for the mentally handicapped. Actually, I just recently listened to our Texas Chainsaw Massacre show again, <laughs> and where I try to say that delicately, and <laughs> Alex is like, retards. And I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, that was my first show here. I didn't realize that, that uh, we didn't give any fucks. But um, anyway, so yeah, he- you're like, oh, so we don't care here? Jamie, very, very odd that you brought that up, though. I'm sorry to interrupt you, by the way. Uh, very odd that you brought that up because those were your first shows, obviously, mm-hmm. Texas yes. Chainsaw shows. Now, I was just looking on Facebook earlier. Remember that time that you sent me flowers? Yeah. That was four years ago today. 
Isn't that fucking weird? Especially, especially because of the amount or lack thereof of, of, of to which we've been recording lately. I just find that fucking. There you go. I mean, need I say more? Wow, I can't believe it's been that long. It doesn't seem like it, does it? Hey, Alex, can you say retarded again? <laughs> hey, retard. Okay, it's, are you sure you weren't on the Jersey Shore? Because I swear that you were on there. <laughs> you sound just like Cabs. One last thing. When the hunchback is thrown off the roof, the scream that you hear is the Boris Karloff scream as the monster when he finds Igor's body in the Son of Frankenstein. Oh, really? Remember how I mentioned that Universal seemed to really be obsessed with that scream he did and they used it in other movies? Mm-hmm. Why if you forgot it's cuz I said that 4 years ago. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't keep you didn't make sure you held on to that bit of information. <laughs> I barely remember the fucking last eight show we did, Alex. <laughs> but uh with, with that though it's probably just cheaper, right? ADR? No ADR? Um I don't know. They just seem to. Well, I mean, the hunchback could have screamed in front of a mic, and they you know, could have used it. But I think they just really love something about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you get a good I, sound, you're going to use it. They still do that today. You're going to, you have a, something that sounds good. You're going to keep it and use it. Stock sound, stock images, stock, you know, whatever. Like Look that. at Wilhelm. He's been screaming in movies forever. I mean, he's got his IMDb, his IMDb page is longer than anyone else's. Ask that lady that was sitting in front of Jerry. <laughs> exactly. Oh, if God. I didn't deliver that like Porky Pig, it probably would have been funnier. <laughs> uh, so... The movie starts off with uh, Karloff and this hunchback in prison, and it's the most bizarre scene ever. Uh, Karloff wants chalk because that's how he teaches this hunchback. <laughs> how because he right he gets to write all these weird experimental things on the wall and stuff. He acts like he's a legit scientist, close to Frankenstein even. The guard is like hassling him or something. He's like about not giving him his chalk, so. Karloff reaches out and chokes this fucking guy out and then demands the chalk. And as he's getting choked out, he passes the chalk to Karloff and then he falls to the floor. And you think he's going to like, like, you know, this is the end of Karloff's uh, good times in there. No, he he just goes, if you ever do that to me one more time, you're going to wish you're going to regret that. And it's like, since when are our prisoners allowed to choke a guard out and throw him to the floor and everything's fine? Well, and then he says, too, he's like, yeah, I'm getting out of here soon. And then nothing that he does, like, helps him get out, isn't it? Like, I, what happens there? Is it fucking lightning? Is it what What happens to that building? Because nothing, like, how did he know that? <laughs> it's dude? made of paper mache. That's what happens to it. <laughs> well, <laughs> so now Karloff mentions something about the hunchback who assisted Frankenstein was his brother. So Fritz is Karloff's brother who passed on Frankenstein's secrets to him. To that, I said, come on, come That's why on. He has an affinity for hunchbacks. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I just didn't buy that stretch. Like I, I like how these movies are connected. I just didn't like that connection in particular. I was like, that's a little weak. Yeah. Well, they do this and now they have to get out, you know, get, get on a, some kind of transportation. They see Lampini's wagon. They help him get out of the mud. He's, they start talking to Lampini. Who 
Well, you're a merchant that's being held for ransom by mountain bandits for the better part of three months. And that's your servant? Do you doubt me? It's a doubting world, kind sir. As I, Professor Bruno Lampini, have reason to know. I have a collection of the world's most astounding horrors. When I exhibit them, what do I get? Doubts, jeers, cries of fake, fake. You expect your patrons to believe that the skeleton you show them is really that of Count Dracula? <laughs> I, Lampini, took it. Pardon me, borrowed it. From the cellar of Dracula's castle in the Carpathian Mountains. With my own two hands, I spread upon the floor of its coffin a layer of soil taken from its birthplace. So that by proxy, shall we say, the skeleton of his earthbound spirit might lie at peace within his grave. Until the withdrawal of the wooden stake from its heart set Dracula free again to satisfy his unholy appetite for blood. At night, the giant bat would seek its victims. But before sunrise, return to the safety of his coffin. Aye, a single ray of sunlight falling upon a vampire would make him helpless. The, the body of Dracula, which is what we see at the end of Dracula in 1931. Like, and you also see a glimpse in the, the, the daughter of Dracula. They show Lugosi in the coffin, I guess, with the the thing in his heart now if if you went there yourself then so, how did you get the wrong guy because when you pulled it out that's not Belagosi. what's funny was he when he said he went to the carpathians brian goes because of course you did <laughs> <laughs> exactly so many conveniences <laughs> yeah so they had this like uh these people that Jamie mentioned who were in and out of here just to get this moved along. It's almost as if the two movies are like they wrote Dracula in later and they didn't want to interrupt the rest of it. So they just said, well, let's have a whole thing. Well, it seems like a, it's an it's almost episodic. Right. Uh, the way that this is completely separate from the rest of the film. And it's bizarre it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all really to have them that separated especially when you have frankenstein's monster and the wolf man hanging out hanging there. you know together you know i mean frankenstein's monster he just sort of shows up to tear walls down that's pretty much all he does and that's it yeah he's a prop piece at this point right. but um i mean really in, in both of these films it's mostly Wolfman. right right that's well. He's the only one who has anything. Like, yeah, he has the he has the character. He can well. He can talk. You know, so Frankenstein's right. monster can't really talk much. Yeah, I mean, Dracula here is just sort of relegated to nothing. I mean, it's well. He's supposed to kill that the father, right, of the that chick and the husband. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, and that guy. Oh my god, the husband. Oh yeah, that fucking guy. Is he? Is he straight? <laughs> well, and, and I thought the Wolfman, two man, I, like okay, he was the only one that like really, especially in the next movie that we're we're gonna review too. He's really the only good good guy. Like everybody else is a bunch of fucking assholes. I mean, even Frankenstein's <laughs> monster, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's still a fucking asshole at the end. Like he, you know. But then again, I would be too if I kept getting my fucking brain fried over and over and over again. <laughs> but like he was the only sympathetic one. But uh, did you guys think that he came off a little too much like a pussy in this one? Just a little bit? 
Frankenstein? No, uh, Wolfman. No, Wolfman. A pussy. He just comes off as um. I, the only thing I don't like about these movies. Emotional. <laughs> the thing I don't like about House of Frankenstein or Dracula is that they took my favorite Universal monster, mm. and they just relegated him to kind of whining about yeah. I don't want to live. Why, why don't you work on me? What's taking so long? Oh, I know. He's so yeah. impatient and so whiny. And I'm like, dude, just hang on. And he'd rather kill himself <laughs> than give the dude another day. You know? <laughs> and he tries to. Settle down, dude. Well, you know? now, that brings up an important question, though. Do you guys think that he would have actually helped him if given the time? Um. Yeah. Didn't he say, go get Talbot? Oh, I don't know. I missed it. But I just I always got the impression that this guy's kind of a dick and he's in it for because same with the hunchback. Right. Like he wanted he wanted him to fucking fix him, too. And he wasn't. fixing. Yeah. Yeah, So he could bang a gypsy girl. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. So he he did he did a fucking Frankenstein monster, which I agree. I think that's probably like the best move. Like, let's fucking test on the fucking dum dum over here before I right. before I fuck with you guys. But at the same time, I, I believe it's both. I believe for one, like I think he's just a dick, and he maybe wouldn't have done it. Um, or maybe that's not true. Maybe they were just too impatient. But I found the Wolfman to be a little bit whiny. And oh, and by the way, same fucking plot in the next movie that we're gonna review too. <laughs> yeah. Same exact plot yeah. like what are they doing with well, this that's pretty much all they're gonna and i'm thinking the whole time we're watching the second movie i'm like well gee that's funny because you died in the first one <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. so how the hell are they helping you do anything i thought i missed something i'm like did they not tell me <laughs> of the movie to watch where there's a writer they maybe even explain it like in an off comment but no um, well, th- what was it being? I thought he was being a particular asshole, not the Wolfman, but uh, scientist was being a particular asshole to the Hunchback because, like, he's like, Look, Master. Yes. Now that I've helped you with Strauss and Ullman, will you give Talbot's body to me? What? <laughs> he's big. He's strong. Talbot's body is the perfect home for the monster's brain, which I will add to and subtract from in my experiments. Master, you made me a promise. No. You think I'd wreck the work of a lifetime because you're in love with a, a gypsy girl? <laughs> I've killed four men for you. Do as I say or I'll never help you. All you're going to be doing is testing anyway. Put the brain in the hunchback body. Nobody wants that one. So <laughs> why are you got to be a dick about it? Just put it in the body that nobody wants. He says Talbot's body is perfect for the monster's brain. Why? Why is Talbot's body perfect for that brain? That's dumb because... You should be throwing that brain out. It's the bad brain. (laughs) The the, the least... The thing that these these films are not at all based on is science. So, you know... Reality. They're just taking brains and throwing them anywhere they want, you know? <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about the blood types or anything. And No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, we're just going to do whatever we want with this stuff. So it doesn't matter what kind of body you stick it in. He could probably stick it in a potted plant and it would be fine. That's what Jerry keeps trying to say to me. <laughs> yeah, which body do you want to stick it in, Jerry? <laughs> uh, well, I'm, I'm like Dracula, so uh, preferably someone who's already married. Yeah, how about that? This guy, like, Dracula just jacks this guy's chick. <laughs> but Dracula always does that. Dracula's always going after someone who's already in a relationship. 
Yeah, I guess they're already broken in, so he just... That, that brings up a big question, though, because in the Dracula lore, and I know this is, like, pretty much, you know, what, what would you say? Like, this isn't the very beginning. You'd say, yeah, sort of the beginning of the Dracula movies and shit like that, but hasn't he always been hypnotizing bitches with whether it be the ring or or whatever, like when he gets that chick going on the fucking piano in the next movie or whatever, but right. hasn't he always had those, like, seductive powers, so to speak? And You may not call them powers, I'm just saying. There's always been that element to it, so I'm just curious as to, like, why... There's a lot of elements to Dracula. Like, for one, with the whole, like, you know, you bite someone and then they fucking turn into a vampire. They don't take that anywhere well maybe no. they, do, they do later kind of well no in the next movie they uh yeah i was gonna say kind of yeah we'll talk about that because the guy doesn't become a vampire but it's just weird it's like he has certain powers but they didn't utilize them all in this movie or they chose to ignore them it's it's just very like okay that's weird that they used that i really actually do enjoy Great boris karloff's too. performance in here um yeah like when he's talking to uh lampini about dracula it is just like Karloff is great at giving these like monologues that are not like about anything really important, but he makes them sound really important. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's mostly Karloff that that I give a shit about this movie because I really don't care for how whiny Chaney is. I'm like, can someone get him drunk so he'll stop caring? Right. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> that is fucked up, Jerry. I did. Wait, wait, Dan. Struggle. Hold up. Dan goes right. Then Alex says that's fucked up. Then Dan's like, yeah, it's fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up. I he agrees with me. I'm surprised he didn't go he didn't go with the uh, his re joke about how good Lugosi was with a needle in the black cat review. You know, I uh <laughs> I was going to and then I was like, no, you know what? I'm gonna try to be a bit more respectful this time. Poor Lugosi. Yeah, we had, Dan on the, we had Dan on the show. I thought that was close enough. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fucking fag. <laughs> this whole movie is just like, it feels like two different movies. It feels like they took two episodes of something and just kind of crammed it together with Neiman being the, the main character from both shows. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the Dracula one just kind of happens and then just stops. <laughs> abruptly, yeah. Yeah, just abruptly, just... Just fucking stops. You see his skeleton hand, and then it's just over with. And then they go forward and never talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. They they don't even go. So how about that that Dracula guy? That sucked for him, huh? That's like when the Wolf Man meets him later. I'm like, wait, didn't these two meet in the last movie? Oh no, wait, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. And so then uh, they they go into this cave after stopping the whipping of a gypsy, which I personally don't believe in getting into the affairs of gypsies. So I don't know if I want to stop that. Um, yeah, you're probably whacking off to it. No, man, I don't fuck. I don't fuck with pikeys. <laughs> um, He's afraid they'll he'll that they'll say thinner, and then he'll just disappear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Before you get there, though, let's let's wrap up Dracula. No, Dracula. you wrap up the mummy. <laughs> oh snap! Ah, nice. Uh, so so Dracula. <laughs> is an idiot because he should have just killed the dad and booked, but instead he's trying to snatch this guy's chick. And that is what got him killed. Cause he can't so, keep his dick in his pants. Right. So now the cops chase Dracula. They, they made uh Neiman, Dr. Neiman, that's uh, Karloff, uh, run and ditch the coffin to get him off the trail. 
And, uh, you know, because that's what Dracula is interested in. And it was almost going to be Sunrise. They throw the coffin in so Dracula has nowhere to go. And oddly enough, even they didn't even have to throw that coffin because as soon as they get done doing that, his horse and buggy, like, fucking falls apart anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like what? Like I don't know what the, co- the coffin part was just to show what an asshole Karloff is, I guess. So Dracula cr- crawls over to the coffin, I think. Um, and then the sun comes up, and for some reason, when he goes into skeleton mode and dies, his clothes go along with him. Yeah, just like when he appeared, uh, when he took the stake out and right. he appeared, suddenly he's wearing a clothes, including a top hat. <laughs> and I'm like, where the fuck did you, when did you have time to stop off at the haberdashery? <laughs> yeah, Gosey wasn't even wearing a top hat when, yeah, hat when he died. And that's weird, Bella wearing a hat. That's strange. <laughs> God damn it, Alex. And what about the, the fucking inspector gets the phone call in bed, and he's up dressed and over there in time to see and to, to jump in the chase. And I'm like, wait, but we literally saw the dude make the phone call to the inspector and then run into the room. And then run outside, and bam, the inspector's there, dressed with two other guys. <laughs> Already. They did not think out the clothing here. So, 27 minutes in, guys. Drackler is no more. So mm-hmm. now we're just going to be talking about uh, the Doctor, Karloff, and the Wolfman, and the Frankenstein monster. Oh, before Real we quick. leave Dracula. Oh. oh, I wonder if me and Jamie are going to say the same thing. I really dig I two lines. It. Uh, when she says it's like being wrapped in the arms of a gigantic ghost. And when she's talking about, I see glimpses of a strange world, a place where people are dead but alive. I do like those pieces of dialogue that, that are in the, the Dracula half. I agree with that. It's not what I was going to say. I was going to say, Hooser. did anyone else laugh out loud when the hunchback went to strangle Lip Lampini? <laughs> Like he, because he's like basically, you know, no, I'm not gonna go that way. Yeah. And then they're like, yes, you are. And then he's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, okay. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't. First of all, give the dude a chance to change his mind. I mean, yeah, you really. Threaten him, and then let him go. Oh, you know what? Okay, I will go. But no, he jumps right into sicking the hunchback on him. And then you got the hunchback coming at the camera with his hands all up, like he's gonna choke him. And I just, I couldn't help it. I cracked up. I was laughing I, out loud. I never laugh when I'm jacking off, Jamie. Because oh, that surprises me. I would assume that you did. Really? Yeah. Well, if he looked down, he would. I mean, I cry <laughs> sometimes, but not laugh. Yeah, you don't laugh at your own shame, Jamie. That's for others oh, to do. Yeah. Okay. So the dude tries to take half the gypsies, no, all of the gypsies' money. Supposedly they have a 50-50 deal, and uh, the guy wants all her money. She refuses, so he takes a whip and thrashes her within an inch of her life in front of everyone. Hand over the money the villagers give you. Only your share. All of it. When I joined you, it was agreed that I keep half. Give me the money. If you try to rob me, I'll tell the police that it's you who's been doing the stealing around here. I'll trash you within an inch of your life. Let me go, you smelly pig!
bring the police on us? I'll get him out of here before he kills him. And everyone seems okay with this, except for, I think, the mom of the girl, Gypsy. Uh, she's just saying to stop doing it, but everybody else is just checking it out. You know, they're like, actually, one guy was actually taking a bite out of a sandwich while he was watching. <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, the hunchback proceeds to jump off and choke out the guy whipping the girl. People start throwing money down. I got 20 on the hunchback. And if you look at Daniel, the hunchback, when he starts whipping the guy who was whipping the girl, he whips like a bitch. When when that guy was whipping the girl, it was like, whoosh, whoosh. And when Daniel starts whipping him, it's like, <laughs> like you got to watch next time you watch. Pay attention to that. Daniel. Just because he's good at choking people does not mean he's good at whipping people. Daniel. Would you would you think a hunchback would be named Daniel? Whoa, why can't he be named Daniel? It just doesn't seem to fit. I don't know. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know a lot of ugly people named Daniel. Uh, uh, here we go. There it is. All right. I was waiting for that fucking stupid joke to get out of the way. All right. Can we move on? Oh, your name is Daniel. Oh, hey. <laughs> Thanks, JV. I forgot. No. <laughs> wow. Your co-host forgot your fucking that, name. No, that <laughs> hurt that hurt more than Joey's joke. <laughs> That's fucked up. No, because he's Dan. I never think of him. The only time I ever the only time I ever think of him is Daniel is when I think about when he was watching the first episode of Bates Motel and his mom was watching it and, and they got to the rape scene and she goes, Oh, Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> yeah, don't <be> Chase. <laughs> That's really weird. Your mom called me O'Daniel once, too, and I was like, please stop moaning like that. I knew it was coming. Oh, huh? boy. All right. Any more? Uh, no. Okay. So the the hunchback, uh, he's in love with the gypsy instantly. Yeah, no shit. The gypsy. The, the look of disgust on her face when he he's talking to her, then he comes up on top where he's supposed to sit down. And the way she looks at him, the way she's horrified, is hilarious. And the thing that's funny about it is that he's ugly even without the hunch. Right. I like how he thinks if he gets rid of that, that he'll be getting pussy. Uh, he looks like fucking uh, Monk, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does, kind of. Now, the funny thing about that scene, though, is afterwards, after she sees him, he's like, you'll still talk to me, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll still be in the friend zone. Like, dude. Oh, you still talk to me, won't you? She's like, uh, are we just pointing out the pink elephant in the room right now? Because uh, am I supposed to respond to that? <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, don't be such a loser, man. Tr- tr- play it off like you're, you know. Have some dignity. Yeah. Or We'll still talk, won't we? You'll still talk to me, right? Every once in a while? Yeah, she didn't even say anything about it yet. So uh, <laughs> he wants Dr. Nima to remove that hunch eventually. And that's why he sort of does everything for Karloff, because he just is one day hoping that he'll do that favor. So then this fucking retard falls in a hole. (laughs) Oh, God, is that the funniest scene? (laughs) So he falls in the hole and he lands where Frankenstein and the Wolfman are now in solid ice. Now, they just did this. That's also mighty convenient as well. It just falls in a hole. So last time... Lon Chaney Jr. like cracked the monster out of ice uh, in Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, and he was just in a in his coffin 
and those guys took the wolfbane off and he came back to life. But this time they are both in ice, which is actually awesome. He looked the wolfman looked awesome in that ice because he was mm. still the wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was really cool. I know. Well, Jack Pierce is doing the makeup here still. Well, they eventually fire him and get Bud Westmore to do it. But yeah. And if you pay attention to the makeup, you can see the progression that has been made from like the first time we see the Wolfman. Now they still do the dissolves and they still do like, you know, like the, in this movie, the first time he transforms, they focus solely on the feet. So you're watching human feet and then it sort of dissolves and to the, and he's still wearing the shirt buttoned all the way up and he's still, you know, I mean, there are those things, but I, I do feel like the, the makeup looked a little more advanced. Agreed. Uh, you know, yeah, <clears throat> those Wolfman images are so iconic too. Like you see the shots of him, and and I just, oh man, I I love that shit. So yeah, particularly the one in the ice, I thought was really cool. Oh, and dude, I, I wish they sold like a figure like that, like a oh, Wolfman yeah. in ice. Yeah. I even thought the the bat looked the 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 whole bat gimmick with Dracula like looked a little better than it had previously. Oh, uh, it didn't look better than Son of Dracula. Remember how good that was? That's true. Yeah, Son of Dracula is by far one of the best bat scenes. Until until you get to a Batman with bat nipples. <laughs> so it's still so, it's still the reigning uh, champ. On the on the special effects, I also want to shout out the uh combination of set and matte painting that's done down check. here in the Ice Shield glaciers. Like that looks really, really good. It did. Yeah. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. The background of the Yeah, the matte paintings. But what is it? It fills out that room of, of the glaciers. Yeah, you there? know, like when you see, like when they co- will have like the actors in like a certain part, but the rest of like your screen is obviously a, a painting. It's called a matte painting. It's, I, it's, no, I know that. I'm saying I didn't realize where it was. Jesus. It's called a map. It's called a map change, Jerry. It is called a map change. <laughs> I like how Jerry thinks I don't know what a map painting is. Did you hear our review where we made fun of it in Frankenstein because it was fucking wrinkled? <laughs> to be fair, I only listen. I only listen to Jamie. Okay. Aww. Oh. Shit. No, don't get no, Jamie. I'm just trying to sleep with your husband. I don't really care about you. I know you don't because I'm unapproachable. Uh, I thought that was me. I was. <laughs> So now they set fires, they melt these guys out, uh, Larry Talbot starts his bitchin' like as soon as he is melted. Who are you? Why have you freed me from the ice that imprisoned the beast that lived within me? Why? Perhaps to help you, Mr. Talbot. No earthly power can help those that are marked by the sign of the pentagram. You came here to ask Frankenstein for help, didn't you? Yes, but I was too late. He was dead. I wanted to die, too. Nevertheless, when Dr. Mannering trailed you here from England, you asked him for help. I did, but he became more interested in the monster than he was in me. When the villagers learned that he had brought the monster back to life, they blew up the dam. Whose frozen waters have held you here all these years. And now you've brought me back to a life of misery. With each full moon, I turn into a werewolf. I kill. I want to die. Only death can bring me release. You don't have to die, my boy. You're wrong. 
I can help you. How? How can you help me? I too am a doctor. A scientist like Frankenstein. Do you know where he kept his records? I think so. Show me those records and I'll build a new brain for you. I'll lift this curse from you forever. Give me a drink. I like how he came out from being frozen and realized that he was, like, frozen. Like, I feel like if I got frozen, <laughs> as soon as I'm out, I'm like, what the, what, what the fuck is this? Someone give me a blanket. I'm freezing. And not going, oh, you motherfuckers. I was in that ice chilling, and you had to come unfreeze me. I was chilling instead of killing. Unlike a villain. For, for the record, Jerry, I would not unfreeze you. <laughs> Just leave you there forever. <sighs> well, that'd be good because then you wouldn't have anyone that would make fun of you so much. That's true. No, you, you are the yin to my yang. I'll give you that. And I do set up all your jokes for me. What is he to your wang? What? <laughs> He's on it. <laughs> He's on the wang. So, so they fucked up that whole, like, even a man who says his prayers by night. They they changed it. Yeah. And it's, and it's like autumn moon is bright, full moon is bright, and they even sort of mess up the beginning or something. It was... Yeah, it was. I was just like, why would you change this? Like, because in the next movie, they're going to change it again. And it's going to be when the moon is so bright as a big pizza pie. So this is not fucking, it's, it's not Italian, guys. Calm down. Yeah. And how about the way uh, Daniel reacts when when Karloff basically makes it clear that Larry will be doing the driving for now on? <laughs> oh, my God. Ah, go bad. He's going like, to be driving all the time. Well, he just wanted to shotgun with the gypsy girl. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I mean, that poor dude, he was just getting the shaft left and right. Right. You know, yeah. he won't fix his hunch. She's barely talking to him. She won't make out with him because he's ugly. And now he can't sit next to her. And it's just... Usually Jerry's getting the shaft, but in this movie, this guy is. <laughs> For real. But, you know, here's the thing, though. Uh, <laughs> did, do you think the Wolfman... Shops at the same store for his clothing as Michael Caine from Jaws of Revenge. <laughs> well, that is, I don't think anyone in the world has ever wondered or answered that question. You, when when the when Lon Chaney came out of the ice, you weren't like, why is his clothes like all fucking wet? This ice melted. Do you think Michael Myers eats pumpkin pie? <laughs> I know a thing or two about people who eat pumpkin pie. What good are all those push-ups if you can't lift a bloody log? <laughs> so so now there is one actually really deep emotional scene that goes by in like 30 seconds and i, I wonder i know probably only jamie picked up on this because she seems to be into this stuff <laughs> the gypsy i'm sure dan was just laughing yeah <laughs> so the the gypsy says you know she's trying to make like one guy she doesn't even want to look at or talk to and this guy uh she she tries to get him to talk to her. So Larry is just not interested in her for some reason. He's just way too consumed with his own shit. What's the matter, Daniel? You got bugs? You're not Daniel. No, Daniel's back with the doctor. Who are you? Just the driver. Are you going to be Sally with us? Yes. I promised Daniel I'd keep him company while he drove. I'll talk to you if you want me to. My name's Alanka. What's yours? Lawrence. Lawrence? 
Do they call you Larry? I used to. And then you just look at this look on his face, and it, like, encapsulates... It, it's, it speaks volumes because it brings you back to when he first got to his dad's house, Claude Rains and stuff, and they were talking. He's setting up the microscope, and he met Gwen, and he was all happy, and things were normal, and his name was Larry. And now his fucking life is a disaster. So it it kind of like – it makes you think of that like, wow, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's miserable and he's whiny, but I guess he has a reason to be. Well, yeah, I mean – People, these people all know about his condition. So, how hard is it just to have someone lock you up on yeah, a full once, moon? Once, once a fucking month, just lock yourself up in the jail cell, like the fucking dude from Monster Squad, right. and fucking live your life. Well, and that's what I want to say about these movies, real quick, guys, too, because I got like, okay, this is the beginning of like the shared universe shit, right? And now it's made popular by like fucking Marvel and all their kind of things or whatever. I kept thinking of 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 Lawrence Talbert as like the Hulk, right? Between him and then Frankenstein. Frankenstein for obvious reasons because of the physicality. But then I kept thinking of fucking like Mark Ruffalo's character in the new Avengers thing when he's like, I put a bullet in my mouth and the big guy spit it back out type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Like this guy is fucking cursed and and it's like a, it's such a tragic fucking thing that like, yeah, you can feel that he's that he's okay. Yeah, he may be a little whiny bitch, but it's justified. You know what I mean? Like it's totally justified. And then it makes you side with him even more. Like that's what I'm saying. Like he seems like the only really good one out of all these fucking people. Yeah, I know it's true. I just and and he does kind of mention that it's really painful. You know, I mean, so I guess it's not just the fact that that he turns and will kill people but i get you know it's physically painful for him to transform to which i say if you have a problem going through intense pain once a month never be a fucking Uh, woman (laughs) (laughs) get a maxi pad (laughs) so uh, uh, alex how did you feel about like because when they like when they get the monster out and they're like his skin's deteriorating yeah. from being frozen and frozen in the ice but the the wolf man comes out perfectly fine <laughs> were you okay with that no i actually did think of that because when he said that i looked at larry and i'm like well he's the other guy who did who was in this is right next to you so how come something that's supposed to last a, you know 10 times a human life or whatever and something that's indestructible is deteriorating because of ice, but a fucking regular guy who happens to turn into a wolf once some... Oh, maybe, you know what? Maybe it's because uh, he was in Wolfman form? That's hey, what I thought. Jamie, when Lycanic comes back out of Frozen, will it have deteriorated oh, flesh or... Oh, <laughs> I knew that wow. was up somewhere. Wow. What a setup for a fucking horrible joke. <laughs> I know. I call it the Dan Chase. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, thank you. I don't know. Why don't you listen to the show and then tell me? Oh, snap, bitch. Because I was listening to The Howling, but I keep not making it through because every time Brian talks, I just... Mm. Start jerking it. Yeah, every single time. I've been trying to listen to this episode for, like, fucking six months now. 
can't finish it. I just keep yeah, jerking Brian's going to be thrilled to hear this stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be like, oh, good. I'm glad that guy's talking about masturbating to me. Okay, he's like, hey, yeah, we mentioned you once or twice on the show. Then he's going to hear it like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> I'm going to get a message and he's going to be like, <laughs> I think don't it's adorable ever. that you guys assume he listens to this show. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> I'm kidding. He does actually listen. So now, uh, the, the original Frankenstein movie, 1931, the guy who was walking, remember his daughter was thrown in the in the water by Frankenstein, then he's walking through the town with her dead? Yeah. He He's in this movie. He's he's in this movie again. He's, he's playing another role, and he's in this universe already because it's Frankenstein. So they couldn't get him a beard or glasses or nothing. It's just him again. He's the guy uh, that... Karloff tells him, I'm going to put the the brain of the wolf man so you're tormented by turning into a wolf and stuff, and your life is going to be agony. Pardon me, Herr Ullman. Do you know Herr Strauss? The garrulous gentleman who testified that he saw me take a body from its grave. We don't forget Herr Strauss, do we? Oh, I'm sorry. That more comfortable? Niemann, I've saved 15,000 marks since you testified for the state to save your miserable hide. Let me go, Niemann. Let me go, and the money's yours. Every bit of it. 15,000 marks. A thousand for every year that I spent in a stinking, slimy dungeon. You bargain poorly, Herr Ullman. Don't kill me. Don't kill me. Don't kill my trusted old assistant. Why, no. I'm going to repay you for betraying me. I'm going to give that brain of yours a new home in the skull of the Frankenstein monster. As for you, Strauss, I'm going to give you the brain of the wolfman so that all your waking hours will be spent in untold agony, awaiting the full of the moon will change you into a werewolf. Why are you putting Olman's body or Olman's brain into the, the... The Frankenstein monster. So he could be a monster. So he can be... Because at no point does Frankenstein's monster ever like really show pain he's a little confused like he just woke up constantly <laughs> the frankenstein monster brain is going into talbot's body no because he isn't that what he tells the hunchback oh that no you talbot's oh, yeah, body is Stra- perfect because okay, the wolfman yeah. brain is going to go into strauss's body oh okay right so larry talbot Larry Talbot's going to run around as Strauss for now. I think he'll still want to kill himself. Well, see, this is that's what doesn't make any sense to me is he's he's going to punish Strauss by putting the Wolfman's brain in. It won't be him. It'll be the Wolfman. Because at the time when we were watching the movie, I said, that doesn't make any fucking sense. It's not going to be him. (laughs) I wrote it down. It's okay. So the monster's brain is going in Larry Talbot's body because like Jamie said, he has the perfect body. Omen's <laughs> brain is going into the monster's body, and the Wolfman's brain is going into Strauss's body. Yes. I'm so fucking confused right now, dude. It's not even funny. Like I, I'm, a, I'm getting a headache. 
which will absolutely not torture Strauss because it's going to be the Wolfman's consciousness that is in the and, regular body. So, and here's the thing: according to the next movie, we find out it's not necessarily just the brain; it's because of the calcium deposits. Okay, uh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> putting pressure on it. So That's like, science. What the fuck? We will get there. Yeah, that's unbelievable that we even talked about that. So, yeah, putting the Frankenstein, the monster's brain in Talbot's body makes no sense because now... Well, no, at this point, isn't it Igor's brain? Oh, yeah. Well, it's even worse. Now Igor could could actually kill people like a regular guy. I don't know. Because the body... I don't know. It's really odd. So, at the 53-minute mark, uh, she flips on the hunchback... Because he tells her that Larry is a, wo- a werewolf. You know, she hates him now. She just uh, Meanwhile, she believes it. And like, yeah, and like five seconds later, she's like, oh, my God, Larry, you're so you're such terrible. But before you're telling the hunchback he's mean and he's ugly because he's trying to protect you. And you're like, you're lying. But as soon as Larry tells you, you're like, oh, OK, I still want to blow you. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like we said before, that now – after that outburst of her, the the hunchback tells Karloff, "I, you know, to give me Talbot's body." And he says, "You think I'd wreck the the work of a lifetime because you're in love with a gypsy?" So um, the Wolfman turns and he kills Hair Brown. Uh, he he, uh, it was another throat tearing. <laughs> Daniel whips the monster because he's getting Talbot's body. That is... And he does a better job of whipping this time. (laughs) He's improved. Yeah, right. Yeah, how many people are getting whipped in this movie? That's weird. There's a lot of fetishes in this movie. A lot of whips and chokings, yeah. And and feet shots. Feet shots, yep. The, uh, after he he does this, you know, like we said, the gypsy confronts Talbot and says, so you are a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, I am. What what about it? You know, and all this stuff. They have this conversation. (laughs) And you're a bitch, so what? I want to help you. I'll do anything. When that spell comes over me, I'd kill anyone. I won't let you. I won't let you out of my sight. I might even kill you. I couldn't help myself. I'm not afraid. Only death can bring us peace of mind. And a werewolf doesn't just die, he must be killed. Killed by a silver bullet. Fired by the hand of one who loves him enough to understand. So then she already has read up on this, I guess. And then she says to him, you know, well, the only way you could be killed or whatever is with a silver bullet. And it must be fired by someone who loves you enough to know this or that or to care or whatever. So as soon as they say these lines, the next scene is her forging a bullet and they repeat those lines again as if we're so stupid we're going to forget what we just heard 12 seconds ago. 
killed by a silver bullet. Fired by the hand of one who loves him enough to understand. He must be killed. Killed by a silver bullet. Fired by the hand of someone who loves him enough to understand. Everyone remember this because it becomes important in the next movie. Okay. It explains the big, because the the next movie, there's the big thing that everyone has about the movie and it's answered right here. Oh, good. Okay. So, uh, Larry throws, okay, the, the funniest scene, I posted this on our Facebook, Larry is impatient and then he starts choking Carla to, to work on him and then he... He says, you're going to kill the only guy who can help you. So Car- uh, Lon Chaney throws Karloff and then Karloff just plays it off by walking in the same direction. He was just thrown and just w- goes over to his machine and starts working on it. <laughs> it's like the funniest visual ever. It's like it's like someone tripping and then they act like they wanted to start running. <laughs> I play like that didn't just happen. Yeah, I meant right. to do that. Yeah, right. Karloff says, tell Talbot I'm ready for him. He turns at that point, he turns into the wolf and he attacks the girl. I think I understand this ending, but it's not obvious on screen. So we will have to talk about it. He kills this girl, I guess. He tears her throat out as she shoots him because you see every angle of her neck and there is no damage. Yeah, exactly. That's what I said. That's what I was talking about. What I like, what we see right. versus what the injury that um, mm. they keep saying he's ripping people's throats out, but we never actually see anything like that. Nothing. So, yeah. The reason he waited is because he has to study Talbot more or whatever. Well, if you knew enough to perfect brain swapping, why not operate? Because if he says, tell Talbot, we're ready. So Karloff learned that much between Larry throwing him and a couple hours till he became a wolf that he said, I'm ready for you. Why wouldn't you just operate on him before he turned into a wolf again? Well, he just, he knew about it already. He was just being a dick. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, he's, oh, I guess he's serious now. I guess I better do it. Now, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the way it comes off. It's like, you know, you knew how to do this the whole time, you jackass. Yeah, you dick. You douche. So the, the hunchback attacks Karloff. Uh, Frankenstein comes to the rescue, and he makes these really weird, like, he looks like a big chicken. Like, Car- the Frankenstein's face, he keeps flexing his head forward and opening his mouth in a very odd gesture wow, alex i didn't notice that until you said it and what the and then i'm like what was the previous frankenstein doing with with this monster <laughs> <laughs> making that neck work son yeah his neck is strong <laughs> so he throws the frankenstein's monster throws the hunchback out of the window he does the karloff scream from son of frankenstein he starts carrying off karloff and because all the villagers come in the house and they start burning it down, Karloff's like, no, not this way, you idiot. And he's walking into the quicksand. You know, it's the iconic scene of the monster holding the guy who created the character, <laughs> carrying him off. Telling him, don't go in the quicksand. Yeah. Oh, I said. Don't, he yeah. says it like 18 times. <laughs> don't go, there's quicksand. No, don't go there, there's quicksand. Like, there's don't go there, there's quicksand. Stop, don't, come back. 
<laughs> Alex, maybe this is just like when he was trying to coach Glenn Strange. He was like, no, do this. No, seriously, <laughs> do this. No, it's fire. Do this. <laughs> so that's it, guys. That's the House of Frankenstein. We, we poked fun because uh, that's what we do here. But I will say that um, I do enjoy this movie. I think it's one of the stronger, like, worst, you know, the, the lower tier of the oh, Universal class. Stronger, worst. <laughs> it's, it's the best of the B team. Exactly. So I got a question. After seeing this movie, take the, the next movie out of your minds. After seeing this movie, do you think the Wolfman's curse is his mind, his body, or his soul? Like, if you take his mind out and put another brain in there, does, is the curse in the body so it would just continue to do the same curse? Is it in the brain, or is it attached to, like, the the soul or the conscience of Larry Talbot? Like, what do you think it is? So if they did that, would it have worked? Um, yeah, because if because if you think about how he became a wolf man, it was for it was, I get bacteria or blood because it was from scratching or biting. Yeah, but that blood would still be in, existing in his brain. It would be existing in his brain and his body. So would it be both or like Jamie? Like you're the, the werewolf expert. What do you, what it would throw your hat in the ring here? What what are we looking at? What how does the curse work? Oh Lord. <laughs> I like, just, how long you got my no my favorite thing on any show is when there's a discussion and then one of the guys goes hey jamie and i'm like oh fuck this is what you get um, for being smart no one ever goes hey dan what do you think no no one does that and thank god for that because i was like please don't go to me please don't go to me <laughs> well i mean i i honestly think it would be the body because right. it's you know, it is transferred by bite. So I think it, but Alex is correct in that the blood also circulates through the brain. Yeah. So perhaps if you took the brain out of the wolf man and put it into another body, that blood would then circulate through that body and that you would have virtually two werewolves if you had another brain put in the initial body, I guess, because it wouldn't work without a brain. But so we could make a werewolf army. Now, you could basically clone them, I guess. You know, just keep taking the brain and moving it from body to body to body. It'd be a lot easier just to have them bite somebody. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Well, you could just, like, run around with needles and just shoot in into people and just make them all werewolves. I know. I that's interesting, though. I might have to go all film theory on that one and um, break it down and see what I can come up with. Cause that's yeah, because I was trying to figure out, like, if it's – if, is it body? Is it in the blood? Is it in the brain? Like it's a psychological um, disease, like how like the like the history of lycanthropy actually came about. Well, like it was a psychological thing, or is it like a soul thing? And they're trying to be more spiritual, and it's his soul that is cursed. No, like, and I, I think the brain is part of the body, so I think it's body, brain, and not necessarily consciousness, because the brain is part of the body, so the blood's going to get in there. So obviously. okay, so it's for sure not psychological. This has to be some kind of well, physical no, blood it's thing. Actually, because it's transferred physically, so um, well, there's shared delusions. There is. Just probably probably I, wouldn't <laughs> work well in this case. Dynamite drop in Monty. <laughs> I'd actually had thought about that, but hmm. like, is it, like, could this be a but placebo you, effect? It's a, it's a gazebo. But how do you explain then the pentagram showing up on their hands before they're even bitten? 
Who, so, well, who sees the pentagram besides the person who's been in uh, fucking old gypsy ladies? Like, how do they, we... Uh, Gwen saw it. But they weren't bitten yet. And Gwen saw it on his hand. So, um... Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. This so, is a weird disease. Is all I'm, I, I haven't quite figured out. No, I don't think it's weird. I don't think there's anything to figure straight, out. I think it's very straightforward. I think, you know, you get bitten, you turn. So, in that... But if it's showing a pentagram, there has to be some kind of, like, spiritual occult side to it, right? Well, yeah. So would it then curse the soul? I think that's just more of a, a future telling. It's probably because it's connected to the gypsies. Fucking gypsies. It's <laughs> got gypsies. They're pretty hot, but... Them and their hey. dags. Yeah, I, damn it, Jamie. I was about to ask Dan if he wanted a dag. <laughs> I think that we've thought about this way more than the filmmakers ever did. And I think that unfortunately, unfortunately, that's exactly what it is. I, I think that they had an idea. They didn't necessarily fall through with it, fall through with it like we just did. And because uh, they would have came to the same conclusion, which is, I don't know what the fuck we're talking about anymore. So yeah, people I, just want to see these monsters run around. Who cares? Well, but don't but don't take away the fact that um, this is like all by by names too like think about back then you don't have trailers you don't have anything so you're going on people's names and that's why you said all the other people that played previous characters alex um why i think they were probably in the movie is those were the same names that were in the previous movies so no matter how it's connected even if if it's loosely connected i think that was the main selling point and and not necessarily the plot well, that's it. That's House of uh, Dr- uh, Frankenstein, 1944. So they... Cr- yeah, just pick one because it doesn't even matter. It makes sense. <laughs> just got right. They cranked another this bitch out one year later, and it's called The House of Dracula. Yo, 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 yo. 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 Oh, yo, 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 yo. Yo, it's your boy, Jonathan Orr, a.k.a. Johnny Gore, and you are listening to the Skeleton Crew, a.k.a. Quarantine. Why? Because they are so sick. I am Tom Dracula. You see, before you were a man who lived for centuries kept alive by the blood of innocent people. When the full moon rises, I turn into a werewolf with only one desire, to kill. I tried to perform the miracle of science and failed. My blood is contaminated with the blood of Dracula. Okay, guys, the house of what, Jamie? Dreckler. <laughs> 1945, <laughs> one year after House of Frankenstein. So, uh, actor Glenn Strange suffered greatly during the shooting of the scene where Frankenstein's d- uh, discovered in the quicksand. He was sitting in there for th- uh, in the 
for three hours in the makeup chair each morning. Uh, again, Jack Pierce did his makeup, and he'd spend the rest of the day buried in cold, liquid mud, which they doubled for quicksand. And when everybody else went out to lunch, he said by the time you know they came back, it was so cold he could barely feel his legs. And Lon Chaney Jr. suggested that Strange use alcohol to... Because of course. Of course he did. To keep himself warm. <laughs> uh, throughout the day, Chaney passed a little bottle of whiskey to Strange. Great. <laughs> Drunk Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. In between takes, and by the end of the day, Strange said that he was so drunk he could barely dress himself after removing the monster makeup. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. awesome, dude. That's tight. I think he had to do fucking much, too much acting, though, right? I mean, no, you don't have to be sober to do what he did. Oh. No, he, I mean, actually, it probably comes off better if you're not. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, Rubber Arm from Son of. Frankenstein is back again, two movies in a row, but he's another character again. Uh, Lionel, oh, maybe he's not another character. I, I actually forgot because they kind of blend together. Um, at this point, though, this guy is terminally ill with cancer, and he died six months after the production of House of Dracula. No way. Yeah. So now House of Dracula features four different actors in the role of the Frankenstein monster in this movie. Glenn Strange and Karloff play the monster in, like, footage lifted from Bride of Frankenstein. Because remember when um, the doctor's going, he's like, how's stuff going on in his head? And they show clips of all this shit. They show Karloff, remember, pushing over the tomb in the in the cemetery? Yes. That's from, yeah, that's from the Bride of Frankenstein. And in the climax scene when the house is burning, Lon Chaney Jr., uh, and stunt double Eddie Parker is the monster for Ghost of Frankenstein. That's how all four of the people who... The only one they didn't show is Lugosi. Now, in this movie, Lon Chaney Jr. completed his pact with Universal, which began in 1940 with Man-Made Monster. And Carradine would go on to play Dracula on stage and television. He'd just continue to do this. And... Um, Although the monster is found still clutching the skeleton of Dr. You know, uh, Karloff in the movie we just reviewed, um, after wandering in the quicksand, the resurrection of the Wolfman and Count Dracula from their deaths in the same film are not explained. Uh, Wolfman is explained. Okay. Well, okay. What I was saying, well, the point is that they did continue. They have the the skeleton of Nemon in this one. So they're saying that that's right from there, but they don't say nothing about how Dracula's here. So go ahead and explain how the Wolfman could survive getting shot with a silver bullet and seemingly die in front of us. Because it said it had to be by the hand of someone that loved him and the gypsy didn't love her. Gypsy just wanted that dick. No, no, but seriously, Gypsy, I do not believe that the Gypsy truly loved him. She was infatuated because he's a good looking dude who can hold his alcohol. She like, wanted there's that no, like, she wanted that. Di- like, so I don't he didn't get whiskey dick. He, no, no <laughs> that's did. the great thing about the Wolfman. You don't get whiskey dick. <laughs> it's, you are a party How animal. Know, huh? How do you know? Look, don't ask a man questions like that. Damn. But no, in all seriousness, I believe that she did not truly love him, and that's why it did not kill him. I believe it didn't kill him because they wanted him in this movie. <laughs> well, then we have to explain Abbott Costello, too, Jamie, at the end of this one. 
If that's true, though, why does uh, does that mean uh, Corey Haim fucking loved the priest? I mean, uh, did, why do they take that and then never continue with that ever again? With the whole loving thing, like you have to be shot by somebody you love. You know what I'm saying? That was never. Did he love the priest? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The creepy oh, priest. Well, it depends how good that dick was. Because that was a Stephen King story, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. The thing about werewolves and vampires is. They're so old, and they have so many different tropes. You can do whatever you want with them. There really is no right or wrong. I mean, Jerry knows that. As much as it pisses me off that you know, Twilight vampires twinkle, I really can't say she's wrong for doing that because there is no right or wrong with lore. You can do whatever you want with these, particularly these two. And because, uh, like, say, look at American Werewolf in London. It re- it um, requires a full moon. Uh, the howling, they can change any time they want. American right. Werewolf, he's on four legs. The howling, he they're on two legs. Two legs. You know, it uh, it's... You, and in this, he's on his tippy toes. He's tippy toes. <laughs> and he's fully dressed every time. <laughs> Even if he wasn't fully dressed before he changed, he's fully dressed after. How do he button that shirt up with those wolf hands? I don't know. I have a hard time doing it with my nails. <laughs> <laughs> so does Jerry. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I, had to throw that I, didn't, I didn't have shit to say back to that. I was like, well, you know what? <laughs> that was just like one and done. Yeah. Uh, well, so this movie is the last of the uh, Universal's original Frankenstein series of seven films, except for the legendary Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. And thank God Glenn Strange came back to that to give it continuity because Karloff was far too old and uninterested at the time. Um, do, you, do you think I should check that one out? The Abbott and Costello one. Oh my God! Yeah. Okay. Yes, that movie is is amazing. It's almost a perfect movie. Are there any other ones that like I should check out if I like these? Because I do, I do dig um, all these incarnations. But is there like anyone? Um, anyone? Oh I'm God! Yeah, I mean, I'd watch Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Invisible Man, The Mummy, just for fun, though. Watch mm-hmm. Revenge of the Creature because. <laughs> Lanterns. No. Um, I don't know because it's um, Jaws three. It, yeah, it's basically Jaws three. Oh, nice! I mean, well, I love Jaws seriously. three. Yeah, so you want to do that again, right? <laughs> no, but seriously, check it Sounds out. Sounds awesome. Check it out just so you can tell me how much it is Jaws three. It's unbelievable. I mean, the the parallels are insane. So um, <laughs> that's like recommending a comedy and saying it's like Wayne's World two. We should really watch it. Which Excellent. is interesting because the first one was Jaws. So the second one is Jaws 3. I think it's cool. And it's like the only universal, like, classic monster that's ever been on a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. Well, some uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, according to Universal Film Script Mummy's Series. Hand. Sorry. <laughs> watch. I just got one more. Watch, I want him to watch The Mummy's Hand. Oh. Yeah. What does that hand do? <laughs> it gets the job done, Alex. Where does that hand go? So uh, House of Dracula is actually, this grew from an earlier script, The Wolfman versus Dracula, which I have. I have that whole script. You could buy that. If, if anyone's really into these Universal Classics, you could buy on Amazon the script. It's like a, it's just like a book, but it's like a script nice. for uh, the Wolfman vs. Dracula, and that's a proposed follow up to Frankenstein meets the Wolfman, and in this, Talbot 
would battle Dracula, Lugosi, though, because at that time they didn't realize they were going to have all these issues with the scheduling with him. So when you read the script, you could just imagine it that way. And uh, he would be doubled by a giant bat, too. And in the climax, the villagers attack the house and the wolfman kills a large number of them. Um, but the Hayes office flat out rejected the script because it was too violent. So a more toned down version was written and eventually became um, the, this this House of Dracula. But uh, Lionel Atwill does not get electrocuted again. Uh, this time by Dr. Edelman. Because if you guys remember, this guy, Lionel Atwell, that's exactly how he died in The Ghost of Frankenstein. Mm, all right. He was thrown into like this equipment and electrocuted. Right. Which was an awesome scene, by the way. That was dope. Yeah. So they do it again. Now, uh, earlier I mentioned how, you know, they all four of the guys who played Frankenstein, you, you know, you see them all in this movie through clips and such. Um, the climactic scene where uh, the monster is trapped by the fire, mm. that's borrowed from uh, the ending of Ghost of Frankenstein where Lon Chaney is playing the monster. So when Lon, when Lon Chaney is shouting to the villagers in this movie to get out, get out, the Frankenstein monster, get out, he's actually running away from himself. That's awesome. I- thought that yeah, that is so funny because huh. i actually said i've seen that scene before or that something about that seemed really familiar to me when we were watching yeah. it and i said that that's I'm not cool, just right? crazy it is very cool but yeah so like we said dracula just shows up there's no explanation for anything and it's so weird this whole idea what do you guys even think of this so he shows up to dr edelman and he calls himself baron latos and he wants to be cured uh, from being a vampire. Dracula Crest. Yes, Doctor. I am Count Dracula. But I'm known to the outside world as Baron Latos. You see, before you were a man who lived for centuries, kept alive by the blood of innocent people. You asked me to believe that. That's why I've come to you. <laughs> Seek release from a curse of misery and horror against which I'm powerless to fight alone. According to the legend, the vampire must return to his grave before sunup. If you remain here, how would that be possible? Within this coffin is a layer of soil taken from my native country. That earth makes this my grave, in which I must lie helpless during the daylight hour. Because a single ray of sunlight falling on the vampire would destroy him. Yes, Doctor. You're taking a great deal for granted, Baron, proceeding on the assumption that I would take your case. Your reputation for helping others made me certain that you would. You could effect a cure. There might be a way, despite the dangers involved. There'd be a challenge to medical science. Accept that challenge, Doctor. But decide quickly. The dawn. Are you guys buying this? Or no. do you think he just wants to... He knew that chick was living there. 
And that's the only reason. But he still lets the doctor kind of work on him. I mean, what if he accidentally cured him? Well, there was no evidence, though, that he's he's fucked with vampires at all, right? I mean, what what is that? Like, what? You can deal with one fucking one aspect of, of science fiction and you can do the vampire aspect as well? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's it's science. It's it's a stretch, but I mean, all these movies take the same, you know, length of stretching. So it's like, okay, that's just as much as a stretch as anything else. Dan, keep in mind that this is a scientist who has made a career off of dealing with unusual diseases and rare diseases, stuff that a lot of people have never even heard of. He's been dealing with and and helping curing. So to me, it's not far-fetched that that's who a vampire would go to if they wanted to be cured. But did he want to be cured, though, do you think? Because why wouldn't you want to fucking have bitches swoon for you by the by throwing a ring on him or whatever the hell he does in this one? No, I, that I have no clue on because there's a part of me that's like, yeah, he's done, he's tired. There, right. you, you see a lot of the, like, vampires who eventually get tired of being a vampire living forever. And right. maybe he just, he, that last time getting turned into a skeleton, he was like, you know what? The next time I turn into a skeleton, I want it to be forever. I'm done. He just um, needs that Kiefer Sutherland mentality, man. Yep. Well, this movie has Dr. Edelman's assistant is a fucking hunchback again. Now, who did not see that coming, though? Because it... who wanted to come on her, though? I laughed so <laughs> hard and I've when never you... been aroused so much at the same time. When we are first introduced to her, you see her like face behind yeah. the flasks. and. Right. And as soon as he comes up and starts talking to her, I was like, she's a fucking hunchback. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so obvious to me that they were trying to hide, you know, a reveal. And right. I'm like, she's and then there was just you could just kind of tell by the way her head was positioned. I'm like, she's a fucking hunchback. <laughs> but she had such pretty posture when she was regular. Just... Yeah. Remember they showed her dream sequence? Yeah. yeah. So this is now <laughs> the fourth hunchback in this shit. So you got. The Fritz, who assisted the original Frankenstein, you got another hunchback who assisted um, the weird flamboyant doctor with uh, Frankenstein and the Bride. Then you got the hunchback in the last movie in Daniel Dr. Pretorius. Yeah, Pretorius. And now you got another hunchback. So this is the fourth fucking like. Is this like an epic? Like, how do you become a hunchback exactly? Is that like a big spider bite or something? Did I just, like, blink out, or did you forget uh, Bela Lugosi's hunchback? Well, he just had a broken neck, I thought. Oh. Igor. Okay, he just walked in the same posture then. Hmm. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So, so, how do you become a hunchback? Is that just something? I don't know, but I wouldn't drink the water in Viseria. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, yeah. So, so the Wolfman... Uh, now is sporting a mustache. Yeah. That's from his son of Dracula days, where he sort of looks like Clark Gable. He does. Yeah. I was like, look at him sporting that porn stash. <laughs> With his fake teeth. <laughs> Every time it came on, I was like... Now, how does hair control work with the wolf man that's weird huh does his mustache go even longer or like how does it, you know what i'm saying like how does it's like a fu man chew right <laughs> when the hair recedes how does it know to keep the same length he he wants on his mustache it's, it should just, it just, same it's, way drackler's clothes know when to appear and disappear <laughs> that's science <laughs> <laughs> jamie 
You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, we have another... Uh... Una uses it. <laughs> and I forgot to mention, we have another promise to fix the hunchback. Like, that's all that happens in these movies. It's the same movie over and over again. It's the same fucking... Like, why would you do cure, that? Cure, and you get a cure, and you but get a cure. Hunchback. To be fair, this one at least had a really good credit scene with the, the, the like, everyone's names getting dropped down and flattened out. The, the credits were really nice. And I think that makes <laughs> this movie uh, start off on a, on a good note. It brings it up a point. Yeah, let's look at the positives. <laughs> oh, God. So he didn't die from the silver bullet, like we said. He just shows up to meet the doctor. Now, he wants to get cured instead of just killing himself. Now he decides, well, the first doctor became way more into the monster than me, so I'll try another guy because, you know, the monster won't be anywhere around here. <laughs> so that won't happen again. Oh, there he is. So suddenly... Um, even changing isn't okay for Larry. Um, I think Jamie, when she mentioned it earlier, I think she was probably blending the two movies because I think in the in the House of Frankenstein, it was more about killing people. And I think oh. here, he says, I just can't go through it again, you know? Okay. Yeah, because the doctor says, he goes, what could I do? And he goes, the same thing you did for yourself. Confine yourself. So he goes, no, I can't go through it again. And that's how it stuck out to me that, wow, he's not even willing to go through it. Mm. So his intro is pretty awesome, though, because... When he goes to see the doctor, and the doctor's too busy. How long will the doctor be busy? Some little time, I'm afraid. I must see him at once. I've come a long way. If you'll just give him my name. Talbot. Lawrence Talbot. Maybe he'll understand. I can't interrupt the doctor now. He's giving a transfusion. How long will that take? <laughs> Maybe longer. I'm sorry. You'll just have to wait. I can't wait. There isn't time. There isn't time. He, the doctor eventually gets a phone call to go to the jail cell because the guy is, the, you know, Larry Talbot's there. And then he says, listen, there's no such thing. You can't possibly turn into a... Uh-oh. He came in here a little while ago and demanded that I put him in a cell. To keep him from committing murder, he said. I did it to humor him. But when he started raving, I realized we had something serious on our hands and sent for you. He's the sort of chap otherwise. Name of Torben. Torben. You remember, Doctor, the young man I told you about. Uh, come in, Doctor. He's in here. Who are these people? Get them out of here. I didn't come here to be put on exhibition. Oh, that's not easy. <laughs> this is Dr. Edelman. He's got to help you. Dr. Edelman? Yes. You wanted to see me? That's why I came to Viseria. In the hope that you could help me. It's too late now. What seems to be your trouble, my boy? Do you believe that a man can be transformed into an animal? I believe anything can happen in a person's mind. This is not my mind. Doctor, have you ever heard of the pentagram? The five-pointed star. The mark of the beast. When the full moon rises, I turn into a werewolf with only one desire in my mind, 
to kill. Listen to me, Talbot. There's no such thing as a werewolf. It's a belief that exists only in your mind. And all of a sudden, his fucking, you know, Larry freezes up, he leans against a wall, does not budge, and turns into a wolf right in front of the doctor and this chick. I have a huge he says, problem. yeah, asshole. <laughs> I have a huge, huge problem with Doctors, this scene. there's something you can do. Not until morning, when this passes. Bring him to me then. Put him in my care, and I'll do all I can for him. Okay. Okay. Does he have to physically see the full moon? Because it's already been night. We know it's been night. The full moon didn't just appear in the middle of the night. He was already working on Dracula, so it was already nighttime. When Talbot showed up, it was already nighttime. Then he goes and gets himself locked up, and then in the middle of the night, at the convenience of everyone showing up, then he turns in it when they clearly show us the full moon. So if he just has to see the full moon... Motherfucker, put on a fucking bandana over your eyes. Put on a blindfold. You'll be all right. Like, I don't know. I had a huge issue with this one scene because I was just like, the full moon's been up all night. You didn't just like. It's when the clouds dissipated. So, okay, then the full moon has to be visible to, like, it can't be blocked by clouds. If that's the case, can can I I not just like. No, nope, I can answer eyes? this question, Jerry. I can answer this question. You know why? Science. Yeah, science. <laughs> yeah, asshole. <laughs> now, let's talk science. Now, forget that. Are you guys buying this fucking explanation from Dr. Edelman? Uh, glands and no. moist. Oh, with the fucking mold. Yeah. I'll soften your fucking skull <laughs> and take the pressure off. Like, how the fuck do you come up with that? How come Larry didn't go, dude, no, I don't think you fucking understand. I'm cursed. Like, people, there's a pentagram on my chest. People, I see it in people's goddamn hands. Oh, you know what, Jamie? No, we, Larry sees it in Gwen's hand, not Gwen. See, so, like, the pressure on the brain along with a self-hypnosis which causes a huge influx of hormones, I still don't fucking believe any of this shit, and I still don't know how fucking werewolfism works. Bringing I, back Jerry's final thoughts. I like yeah. it. Did Largas have to pay to get into the car? <laughs> <laughs> what have you got to tell me? In your case, my boy, diagnosis is extremely difficult. But the examination you made this morning, the x-rays... The examination discloses one condition, pressure upon certain parts of the brain. This condition, coupled with your belief that the moon can bring about a change, accomplishes exactly that. During the period in which your reasoning processes give way to self-hypnosis, the glands which govern your metabolism get out of control, like Christine mentioned, without a balance wheel. When this happens, the glands generate an abnormal supply of certain hormones. In your case, those which bring about the physical transformation which you experience. By explaining it doesn't help. So Larry says explaining it doesn't under, it doesn't help anything. Well, actually, yeah, it does, Larry, because that's the that's the road to figuring out how to fix it. He's just so impatient, though. Telling me things doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> telling me thing like you figuring this crazy shit out doesn't help us. Uh, yeah, it actually does. What can you do about it? Operate. A surgical operation to enlarge the cranial cavity is a long and dangerous one. Then there's nothing you can do to help me. There might be. 
Come here, my boy. Under tropical conditions, which we've tried to duplicate here, this hybrid plant, Favaria formosa, produces a mold from which we've been able to distill, well, a substance which possesses the property of softening any hard structure composed of calcium salts, bone, for instance. With this medium, it might be possible without surgery to reshape the cranial cavity and thus eliminate the pressure. You can do that now? Can you? Unfortunately, it'll take some time to produce mold in sufficient quantity. Tonight, the moon will be full again. What can you do to help me now? Only what you did for yourself last night. Confine you. But, uh, yeah, so they walk over and he shows them the fucking mold and shit. So, and he, I, I like how he was coincidentally growing that shit. Like, who has that anywhere in their house? You know, like, I happen to have the cure for you right over here. Yeah, you know, you I, have- I, I believe this just because he's a scientist. He's working with plants, like, getting, like, cures and shit. That's, this is where Jamie says science. Yeah, but scientists don't just randomly have bullshit that they don't think they're ever going to need. No, because I he mean, is, you know, he's he's using it to cure the hunchback. Oh. I can't just what... go in and grab this shit. I have to have a scientist sign for it. Because he just can't. He hasn't, he hasn't been able to make He hasn't been in enough. Janitor. He hasn't been able <laughs> He hasn't been able to make enough of it because he doesn't have the right conditions for the plants to grow. And he doesn't have that until we have Larry doing his suicide, and which makes no sense because he just told us he can't fucking kill himself. Yeah, so he jumps in water. Yeah, so he jumps in water, gets washed into a cave that happens to be the correct uh, fucking climate, which also leads back into the castle for easy access. Oh, makes sense to me. Oddly enough, uh, it did kill him in Abbott Costello meet Frankenstein just jumping in water. But uh, well, do we know that though? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he jumps in water, but I don't know where that ever led. Hey, spoilers! Dan hasn't seen that movie yet. Well, I, I didn't say it was at the end or the beginning. He just jumps in water. Ah, I'm not listening to you guys, anyways. And he won't remember by the time, he, dude. He'll watch that movie in 2021. You think he's gonna remember this? Oh, are you going to be on the next Liking It show? <laughs> uh, so they find the cave, uh, and they, like you said, it's the somehow the doctor knew it was the perfect condition. He didn't have a like a barometer or anything. He just knew that it's. They find Frankenstein uh, in that cave, like I said, with the bones of Carla from that movie. How did the swamp that they walked in in the last movie lead there? It just because does that mean that the other place is on the other side of the swamp and this guy's house is on the other side? <laughs> right? Because Edelman's not living in that place, is he? Oh, shit. This is so funny. Nothing makes sense, dude. I didn't okay. notice half of this shit, dude. And now you're just pointing it out. And it's so <laughs> ridiculous, dude. You're right. Like, what is quicksand just lead to a fucking cave? Like, what the fuck is that? All of it leads there. I know. So stupid. Deep enough, will he find Artax? <laughs> <laughs> will he find Sloth? Like what? Like like wouldn't the Wolfman go? Oh shit! That that place over there is where all this shit went down. Like he he doesn't notice anything like that. No. He tells the doctor how the monster got there, 
but doesn't know that, hey, I should be dead because I was shot with a bullet. <laughs> and I said, how amazing is it, the odds, that Frankenstein always ends up where the Wolfman is? Right. Three they're times like in a row. Buddies. Yeah. They're kindred spirits. So now the scene Dan talked about with the Moonlight Sonata is awesome. Like this girl's playing the piano and that's my favorite like classic song. Yeah. And it was even in Psycho 2 and stuff like that. So it's weird oh, yeah. how. Yeah. Um, now the Dracula guy now he's he's here and he's going to he's trying to hook up with this blonde chick. And supposedly that's why he's there and even make him believe he wants to be cured because he he learned she was there or something like that. So he wants her for some reason. So I guess his ring or something is hypnotizing her and she starts playing like fucking creepy music and she doesn't know why she's playing it. It's just playing and it's and she says she sees visions of people who are dead but alive. Now, Jamie, when you said that, are you blending the two or did they also say that in the Frankenstein house movie? No, I, I, I brought it up. Oh, you said, okay. Yeah, I brought it up in that movie. They say it there, and then they just recycle it because it's the same movie, so they have to have the same lines. Wow. Mm -hmm. How weird is that? Hey, at least they gave Dracula a love interest who does not seem to be in a relationship with anyone else. Yeah, and how is she not in a relationship? Come on. Well, she does kind of, like, pull a gypsy and starts, like, seems to be digging on the wolf man. Yeah. Well, his Carradine's voice, although I don't like Carradine as Dracula and I'd rather have Lugosi, I got to say his voice is amazing. And the way he, del- is he so, there's something, he has so much presence about him, but he's still not a Dracula to me. Yeah. question for you also going back to the mind body soul thing uh in this one dracula's a vampire which is caused by parasites in the blood but he still gets uh like his spell gets broken he gets thrown away by a cross if they're using science to explain the supernatural in this movie 
why are they still using like superstition with that science also? Same thing with the Wolfman. It's all about gypsy curses and stuff, so that shouldn't apply either with the fucking brain and the <laughs> the glands. That's ridiculous. It's supernatural. It's not like Larry Talbot actually has a condition. He ain't like those werewolf kids that they put out in the circus. Those, yeah, but see this those is, people? yeah, but the, the doctor says that there's parasites in his blood cells. <laughs> and that was clearly just regular blood with somebody drawing a fucking, like a tail around it. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that scientific image. It's like, oh, yeah, these are the four bad ones. These are the bad genes. Yeah, there's four of them. Like, the guy's like, listen, I'm not doing this on all these things. <laughs> I'll do one out of every 32 that's in here. <laughs> they look like little semen. Uh, Dracula tries to go off with this girl and all this shit. So he uh, hurries up and says, oh, we have to do this experiment with you. He does the blood transfusion. Dracula switches the switch and pours his blood into the doctor. And then the doctor, um, what happens after that where he kills Dracula? I know he pulls him to uh, the sunlight, but what led to that? Um, uh, Dracula sends his blood into the doctor. Uh, I wrote a stupid joke about how I think they should name him Dr. Acula now. Um, he turns into a bat <laughs> oh transformation and runs down into his coffin and it's it's literally just Nina waking up the doctor and the doctor going down there, chase him into his coffin, they open him from the window so his sunlight hits him. Right. He peacefully turns into a podcast host at Skeleton Crew, but he has lived again from what before, so that wouldn't say he'd live again. Yeah, he could live again apparently. Yeah. So he's just he transforms into a bat, flies down there because the sun's coming up. And Nina wakes up the doctor, and the doctor chases him down there and then turns him into one of y'all. Right. So basically, at this point, the doctor is a villain, Dracula's dead, Larry is the reluctant werewolf, and the monster is weak as shit. <laughs> the doctor goes ahead and kills this guy on the coach, uh, a, a horse and buggy or whatever. the matter, Zigfried? You act as though you were afraid. Oh, no, sir. Why should I be afraid? Of the night, perhaps? I'm not afraid of the night. Your hands are trembling, Zigfried. Are they? Zigfried. Yes, sir. I believe I know what you're afraid of. Do you? You're afraid of me. Of you, sir. Because if you weren't, you'd look at me, Zigfried. You are afraid of me. You're driving faster and faster so that you can get into the village and tell the police. Why? Why should I want to tell the police anything? Because you're afraid I'm going to kill you. Kill me? Doctor? Yes. You've seen what's happened to your old friend. He doesn't want anybody but himself to know about that. No, Doctor. I will never tell. That's right, Siegfried. You never will. Help! Help! Now, Jerry, what did you say Siegfried's brother looked like? Looks like a junky version of Isaac from Children of the Corn. <laughs> <laughs> it was Dr. Edelman. He killed my brother. Like, I know, does, I know he, another dude, though, that looks like a guy from Children of the Corn. Fuck oh, it. Fuck yourself, dude. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, continue. What were you going to say? Tell us no, your thoughts. Ju just that he looked like a junky version of Isaac from Children of the Corn. I just wanted to bring that up. He looked like a burn victim. 
Who was? Yeah, dude, you're talking about the the mob guy, right? Like, yeah, his face was always like wet. Dude, no, he was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like my favorite part of the movie, like because you know I think there were standout actors in this movie, but I think like he was right at the top, man. He didn't have a lot of lines, but his fucking voice was so creepy, dude. And then you look at his face, and it's like, oh Jesus, like that doesn't match the voice, and that makes it even creepier. Hey, and for the the doctor turning into a vampire, doesn't it feel more uh, Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde than it does like actual vampire? Yes. Yeah, Jamie, why do you think the doctor doesn't turn into a vampire, but instead just goes mad when Dracula switched and put his blood into the doctor? Could it be that bad of writing? Or is there any logic to this? Well, I mean, there's there's always that chance. <laughs> um, that, that is a good chance, you know. I mean, otherwise. Uh, tunnels from Viseria end up here. Yeah, why not? Right. Um, right. Maybe he doesn't have the t- the temperament for it. I don't know. I just think it was too soon. Like he just became the vampire, so he's got to go through some shit first, and then he'll he'll hone his skills. But he right? goes from being like evil with black around his eyes to back to normal with no black around his eyes. Yeah, back to evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I thought right. that was funny because as soon as like as soon as he starts to change, you see the dark circles, and I was like, well, Dracula doesn't have those. Yeah, that's he why looks I thought more it was like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it, but I do like uh, the scene where he like slowly loses himself in the mirror. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so there you go. That's some type of vampire stuff. That was right. some fast fucking shits. What that was, and apparently he didn't notice it until. Just um, all of a sudden, he was like, oh, shit, I'm oh, a vampire. Shit, <laughs> yeah, so now we get that cool montage when the doctor starts flipping out and he sees all these visions. That was pretty cool. You want a motherfucking montage, montage. <laughs> then the doctor leaves to go revive the monster and Talbot and the hunchback convince him that, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And he finally listens. So the monster, it was lively for three whole minutes. Then it repeats the exact ending of the ghost of Frankenstein. You know, just the... Dude, can I say Yeah, that's that's the thing, too, about all these fucking movies, uh, with the black cat included in, in these two. These movies just ab- uh, end so abruptly that it's, like, kind of disturbing. Now, I'm not saying it's, like, a lack of ending. Like, it, it ends okay, but it just seems like, okay, boom, credits roll, and it's like, wait, what? Like, I, and I think that's probably, you know, a commentary of the time that it was made as well. Like, I think a lot of movies ended like that, but... Oh, they all these did. Like, they would always blow up, like, the castle. The next shot would be the guy and the girl looking from far away, kissing and walking off into the distance. And then, boom, ended. Yeah, it just seems so odd dude like i noticed a a trend with all of these movies i was like really okay whatever yeah Yeah, this movie was really short Mm. yep i think they both were these two house movies were pretty short i think they were like 70 minutes or so 70 or less yeah 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 so how do you guys feel that larry talbot was cured like is that the dumbest thing ever like that that is his goal through three movies, and yet when it finally happens, it couldn't be less satisfying as a viewer. Yeah, I thought it was cool, but I I just figured like in the next reincarnation of it, they just retcon that or find another way to fucking bring him back again, right? I mean, no, I they just bring him back without saying anything. <laughs> the beauty of that is that he doesn't. The reason why Abbott Costello is so amazing is because. 
his goal in that movie is not just to be cured. Like, if he did that, I'd fucking kill myself. Right. But thank God it was to stop – well, they wouldn't. I won't tell you anything, but it was to stop people from doing bad things, and it was a great mission, and he, you know, it was it was really a good adventure in a way. Yeah. So okay. it's cool, yeah. yeah. So that that's why uh, that's that's a great movie. How how about when the house is burning down? Larry just calmly as shit walks uh, the chick out of the house. Just oh yeah, he's everything's on fire. Too. He just walks out slowly. He's like, I got this girl. Yeah, no one no one saved the poor hunchback girl. No one checked to make sure if she was dead or not. Yeah. Yeah, but she has a hunchback, so. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> and I will leave her to burn. Maybe she'll come out without the hunch. So do you guys have any more thoughts on this? Because I'm done with my notes. Yeah, how did shooting the professor fucking do anything if, or shooting the doctor do anything if he's a vampire now? Like, they just shoot him at the end, and he, he falls over, and. Yeah, Talbot shoots him after he cured him. Yeah, it is just and like it nothing like he's a vampire. Like I, I don't even think fire technically should be killing him. So even if he got shot and the house burned down, that shouldn't have been the death of him. Unless Dan's right and it's taking forever for it to fully go. So as long as you kill him in that I guess first forty eight hour window. Mm-hmm. Yep. Science. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to see the adventures of Dr. Doctor Edelman anytime soon, so I don't think we're ever going to find out. Dr. Julian Edelman. Edelman. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird. So, how do you guys rank this, at least, uh, is it better or worse than House of Frankenstein? Uh-huh. Uh, the, the thing about it is, it's the Kmart version of House of Frankenstein. Right. But they try to make it seem more sophisticated by trying to throw actual science in it. And I guess at the time, like, no one, like, it's different now. Now we have a better understanding of science, even like an average person, as compared to back then, where I don't think half the people knew how to read, much less knew anything about science. So as long as they said it and it sounded smart, it could fly. But it, it just doesn't hold water anymore. Well, nobody could check their phone to see if it's right. Yeah, you couldn't go in the middle of the movie theater and just pull up WebMD and start looking. I, I, it was entertaining. I'd, I'd, I'd rather watch House of Frankenstein. Mm. I thought House of Frankenstein was better, but I actually enjoyed this maybe a little more because it kind of, I mean, I've gone on this little journey of all these movies and come to kind of a conclusion, you know, in my mind. Like, it was nice to see fucking Wolfman finally get a break, you know, and and shit like that. So it feels like a nice, nice bookend. But I I think House of Frankenstein is better. I think I might have enjoyed Dracula a little more, though. But whatever. You know. Well, I I couldn't because Karloff is just so awesome in House of Frankenstein, and now I just got this random. I mean, they said he's a nice guy and everything, but I just Doctor Edelman's not really my. You know, of course I'm going to go with Karloff, right? As the mean the main guy, you know. I like yep. Larry Talbot more in House of Dracula. Right, right, yeah, exactly. And well, that's what I mean, though. Like through these characters, it seems like nobody really had any progression. Dracula had more. You think so? Yeah, I know it was. Yeah, he he finally hit on a chick that wasn't married. There you go. (laughs) You know what? You guys are totally right. Progression. I like. Do Do you feel like Black Cat is still is the best out of the three movies we watched for this episode, though? Uh, yes, probably the best. Um, I don't 
I don't think I enjoyed it the most though. But yeah, I definitely like like looking at other other movies around its time too. Like I could definitely tell like oh this is this is definitely exceptional. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 the best I think. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what I, I like to hear. If that means you're right, then no. Because uh, Black Cat's one of my all-time favorite Universal classic movies ever. It outs- if you exclude the Universal monster movies, I think it's one of the best of the Universal movies ever made. Right, right. And I yeah. think it's better than uh, most of the Universal monster movies, uh, yeah. period. I'll say this. When I watched it, dude, I did not know what to expect at all. Like I said, I'm going and thinking something to do with a cat, right? Totally something different. But then when they brought the satanic shit in, like I said, it totally fucking raised the bar for me. And I got really interested. Like, oh, shit, where's this really going to go? And I agree with what you guys said earlier. Very dark. It had many levels to it that... uh that that definitely fucking you know take that movie and put it miles beyond the other two but i think the other two are you know those those have its merits too those are fun to watch i mean they're 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 intertwined which is cool you know intertwined they're almost the same goddamn thing but you feel some connectivity to them even if it is lame it's nice to see the orange or oranges the origins of um of the shared universe thing which they're trying to do now with with the mummy even right now they're still trying that shit so we'll see i mean we'll see how that goes but i still think it's gonna fucking fail miserably just like the the mummy did but i always enjoy stuff like that where they all connect even if it is very loose and a lot of that shit makes no sense and there's a lot of conveniences and all that shit whatever just fucking turn your brain off it's kind of fun so you know yep yep well in wrapping up jamie what do you think is this uh is this house of dracula better or worse than house of frankenstein what do you enjoy more and why uh i i like it I I I I like. <laughs> I think House of Dracula is better for me because <gasps> that's the first one, right? No, that's no. Oh shit! Okay, God damn it! Thank See, <laughs> that's why they don't make any sense to me because it doesn't matter. I mean, the names just don't matter. Um, okay, House of Frankenstein. Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, House of Frankenstein. Jamie, are you still? Me, is that no i'm really i'm sorry i'm really fucking tired I, she's been up for over 24 hours what was it oh yeah house of frankenstein is the one to me that even though it has that whole disjointed dracula thing in the beginning where it doesn't seem like it's part of the rest of the movie yeah uh i i feel like there are things about it that make more sense than with house of dracula like the whole werewolf thing you know coming back you know because he was dead um, and I get your, I mean, your explanation does make sense, except no one bothers to say that. And it's on the movie to make it make sense. It's not on us to fill in the blanks, you know, to, to write the script for them. It's for, it's for them to make it so. Uh, otherwise, we are doing a great job, namely you, because it was your idea. Uh, Jerry did a great job writing that script, but um, uh, they failed. Uh, so... <laughs> that and uh yeah i mean just numerous other things like the whole blood calcium bone i don't even know the mold whatever the fuck it is anyway yeah that's none of that the first one i'll take the first one (laughs) okay 
All right, guys. Well, we had a great time reliving our 2013 journey through the classic Universal Monster movies. This is, uh, you know, I finally feel like we're doing everything we set out to do. Uh, it doesn't matter when it was done, because now we have this, and if it was over already, we wouldn't have it. You know, it kind of works out for the better. Um, <clears throat> the uh, So we're done with, with Universal stuff. If we ever do any more, it or if I do anyway, it'll be on Kill the Cast, and if Dan and I do, and we'll probably get Jamie too, it'll be on Cut to the Chase, I guess. But yeah, as far as Skeleton Crew, it's it's over. Oh, and uh, I just want to give a shout out to a couple people I've been talking to lately, big supporters of the show, Dave Lovelock, Regan Campbell, Paul Larson, all really awesome guys, along with Joseph Staub, who is really happy that we did this show. You know, there are a few people who really love when the Skeleton Crew does Universal Classic Horror. And just a little side note for anyone who anyone who's like a Skeleton Crew purist and into every aspect of the show, um, I did use my 2013 notes for these two reviews on this show um back you know in 2013 october like we said many times around show 68 to 71 we were doing this whole universal classic thing and we were supposed to end it off with these two movies and uh i took notes i did everything i had to do to prepare for and i forgot the reason we just ended up not doing it so i just had those notes in my desk for the last four years and pulled them out, dusted them off, and here you go. You got your show. All right, guys. Well, have a spooktacular Halloween month. We hope uh, we kickstarted it good with this show. And we will be back with our second to final show ever in Skeleton Crew history. Good night. Peace. Good night. What they said. <laughs> wow, I knew it would be something. <laughs> <laughs>